0: We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.
1: Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we
0: give.
1: We grow
0: when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity, a podcast celebrating generosity at work. Not financial giving, giving valuable time, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Welcome to ROG. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. Today, our special guest is Tiffany Tavares. Tiffany was recently promoted to Wells Fargo Advisors as the new Senior Vice President and Business Solutions Leader. In this newly created national role, she maximizes community impact, strengthens relationships with WFA clients and external stakeholders, while empowering key business leaders to ensure that corporate priorities can be executed by local leaders while elevating diversity, equity, and inclusion. I've known Tiffany for years and am thrilled about her promotion, a recognition she received after this recording, or I would have congratulated her on air. We recorded this in December, 2020 and open with a reflection on the year. So you'll hear that at the start. Welcome, Tiffany.
2: Yay! I am so excited. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. It really means a lot.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to connect and learn from you and just hear how this year has been for you. Here we are.
2: Why? What's happening? Anything (laughs) happening this year? I'm not sure what you're referring to.
0: (laughs) But it's December 2020, which means that we are in the last lap of this marathon. And I think it's a great time for us to be reflective. And I know you're someone who does a lot of introspection and work on yourself and you know, try to find meaning. And I know lessons from your mom have been like, what did you learn from this? How did how can you grow from this? So, what are some ways that you recognize the power of generosity in life? Oh
2: my goodness, that is a that is a loaded question and one that is near and dear to my heart. Well, first, I do associate uh, generosity, it's, it's the action word of like curiosity in a weird way. For me, you know, curiosity is the beginning of potential action, right? Like, you know, you go on and go back and forth whether or not, you're going to deal with the thing that you're curious mm-hmm. about or, and so when it comes to generosity, that means that there's some investment of your willingness to blank,
0: mm-hmm.
2: your willingness to invest time,
0: yeah. uh,
2: talent or treasure. Right. So if I say, you know what, I'm I wonder what kids in our school district have access to technology Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Um, And then for most people may stop there. They may read an article, even if they read an article and educate themselves. That's still generous, because to me, what, you know, giving yourself the gift of knowledge just Mm -hmm. to learn a little bit more than the question that you thought about. That yeah. alone is some generosity, and that's generosity to self. And people don't oftentimes consider that generosity, but generosity to self is, is significant. Yes. Now, if you in turn want to build upon that generosity of self to external parties, you know, individuals, mm-hmm. communities, families, and say, you know what? I want to donate a computer. I want to donate five computers. I want to make, write a check, have my company write a check to an organization that's able to facilitate digital mm-hmm. literacy or something like that. That's the same equivalent. And yeah. so to me, generosity is like the the spark <laughs> that mm-hmm. can start the fire of yeah. making impact. But curiosity is kind of the, the wick where the flame is
0: held. Absolutely. And I've heard you say that it's the combination of curiosity and intentionality, right? that curiosity of like, God, I wonder what. And like you just said, the curiosity is the impetus for potential or potential mm-hmm. action, you mm-hmm. know, and then there's that intentionality of like the direction of how you want to make an impact. So tell yeah. me a little bit about that.
2: One of the things I think about um, when it comes to intentionality is that, you know, I, I sense a lot of, and especially again this year, and I know I'm being, you know, we have to be sensitive to kind of people's circumstances, there's a lot of frustration and, and you know, I. I I, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And I thought I was supposed to have this, you know, come to me. And unfortunately everything got you know shaken up, et cetera. And it's funny. And I said, and I'll always, you know, normally I'll ask, show me your phone. And they'll hold up their phone. I'm like, Oh, let me see the phone case. And then normally they'll hold up their phone case. They'll tell me where they got it, uh, how they did research on it, the cost of it. They even compare prices of different shops, et cetera. And I was like, now, the intentionality you put into your phone case, <laughs> yeah. where else do you apply that uh, intentionality? Yeah. And they're like, uh, and it, it, it's not that people are not capable of being intentional. Sure. But oftentimes, we underestimate where we allocate that intentional energy to. And oftentimes, it's things that do not drive our lives one way or another. And people get so frustrated. I'm like, hey. How about this, get whatever phone case on, is on sale and put that intentionality to building relationships, Yeah. to asking people how they're doing, mm-hmm. asking them, hey, before you say, hey, I would love your job, why don't you ask what my job is? So intentionality to me is really, really important because um, again, there's so much you know, in, in, in our lives and my life that I know I cannot control, mm-hmm. um, but the things that you can control maybe you don't want to control it, but you can at least direct it. You can cultivate what you want, even the control to look like, even mm-hmm. if it's shared control, right? If you're in a family. And I think that there needs to be more intentionality put in that. So that way, I think, you know, it's it's like, it's a muscle. You have to strengthen it just like anything else. Absolutely.
0: And I think intentionality is also present in diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Because we hear so much about like unconscious bias. And I love that the narrative is now shifting to, in many organizations, conscious inclusion, right? Like that intentionality of inclusion, (laughs) like how do we make sure, like, I love what you say too. This is another Tiffany Tavares famous quote, which is that it's not about getting to the table as much as it is
2: about saving a seat. Yeah. So
0: like that's intentional. That's like, It's not just about, oh, let me hurry up and get myself a chair. It's the intention is to make sure that I'm shimmying over and making space for someone else, right? So that intentionality of looking for opportunities to be inclusive and being open to being corrected when you're saying or doing something that is not.
2: Yeah. It's not just about intentionality in how to be more inclusive and equitable, it's also about being intentional about when you haven't been, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think part of learning and growth is to recognize maybe when you said or did something or when you did not say or did not do something that actually cultivated further uh, uh, lack of diversity, inclusion and equity. And so Mm -hmm. I think being intentional about where we have uh, fallen short Mm-hmm. Is re- just as important as as finding opportunities because, to be honest, you actually can't find opportunities unless you recognize where the gaps are. Yeah. I think that people who are like, oh, "I've always cared about this. I'm just being vocal about it now." You know, I like to call it the um, the Columbusing effect. Okay, right? Because there's so many people this year who have entered the new territory of diversity, equity, and inclusion, even though the rest of us have been living there, right? And they're talking to us like we just learned about it for the first time. We're like, yeah, yeah, you can't Columbus this land, right? We've been here. You're new to this conversation. So you can't tell us what's been working or not working. Yeah. Like, yeah, you
0: know no doubt. Mean? How about ask us, ask us,
2: just ask. Yeah. and And also realize, you know, maybe it's not always about asking kind of, the parties and the entities and, and the communities that have been, who you have felt have been opposite from you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I say that and I'm not someone as believing it, but just through perception. Yeah. Ask the people who have been in it with you and why they let you stay there. Mm-hmm. How about that? Right. Yeah. Again, yeah. the intentionality about whose yeah. responsibility is it to educate? Um, yeah. You know, I, this is a, an interesting Story. I was visiting um, family in um, Florida last year, and I was standing online at a coffee shop. There was um, an older gentleman and his wife behind me. Um, you know, just kind of turned and I smiled. They didn't smile. It was very. I was like, okay, fine. I will smile. Fine, fine, fine. Now all of a sudden, I kind of heard of a little bit of a scuffle and some words exchanged. And I looked, and there's a gentleman now standing behind the couple, uh-huh. and um, apparently had just been wrapping up a phone call. And the guy turned around, telling him, you know, to shut up. You're talking too loud. Ah. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm just hanging up my phone call. He was like referring to him in a really derogatory way about his um, sexual orientation. I'll just say that. Wow. It was getting very heated and it became, you know, attacking, like I said, they all affinities that this man who I believe to represent. So I saw he was getting upset. And look, most people would say, I'm just going to keep. It's not my,
0: not my business. Yeah, I'm not, not going to get involved. Yeah.
2: To me, the standard is thinking that that's wrong. Right. Yeah. So, guess what? That was not okay for me. So, I actually went to the gentleman that was behind the couple and I mm-hmm. said, Hey, I welcome you to stand in front of me so you can get your order and then you don't have to even deal with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want you to, you know, make a scene. I don't want them to make a scene. Mm -hmm. let's let's we're bigger than that let's just you know so he came in front of me he was like oh thank you so much etc and then the couple behind me started to berate me (laughs) they started calling me all sorts of names and he was like well why did you do that you know you knew it was wrong already so like why but why go that extra step because i need them to know that other people i.e me Mm -hmm. did not find that okay and that was unacceptable Mm -hmm. and again that intentionality of facilitating that opportunity to show other people in a very non-combative, even neutral way to let them know that was not OK is yeah. really important because it Definitely. shows them not only is he not OK with your behavior, but people who are not even in your situation are not even OK with your behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can have that intentionality when it comes to those types of moments, mm-hmm. um, things would accelerate a lot better in the, in the direction that I think most of us want.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Because I think that speaks to other language that we hear in the workplace around bystander training. You know, What do you do when you see something? You may not have said it. You may not have thought it. And you might even think that that's offensive. But if you're not actually doing something, then you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you say that caring does not equal action or caring kind of isn't enough. It's not enough that you just think oh man that they shouldn't have said that what matters is what you do about it and i think finding a graceful way to educate yeah. people that are willing to hear it but even even if they're not willing to hear it to stand up for or stand in the gap for the person who is being marginalized or judged or separated from that's right. and you know making a safe space for them
2: no that's that's beautifully put um, it's interesting you know the reason why I always say, you know, it's I've been using the word intentionality versus just mm-hmm. intention, because I always say when people say that they have good intentions, the problem with that is that I can't see, feel, taste or hear mm-hmm. your intention. That's right. And so how do I know it exists? How do I know that that good intention exists? You know, so the intentionality is about the action. I'm, sh- I, I'm I was showing him uh, the gentleman that was, you know, being berated. I was showing the couple that was doing the berating that that was not okay and that i don't like that and for me it was very intentional to make that happen versus i you know i didn't do anything but just know that i find that unacceptable yes <laughs> and honestly you know look at 2020 this has not been just a year about faith it's been about, about a year of action right mm-hmm. no no more caring show me the results show me the fact mm-hmm. that you do care otherwise you know si- si- that silence cultivates violence both physical and spiritually and psychologically
0: and I think it goes back to what you're saying about the curiosity, right? If, if we could be curious about how we could improve and how we got to this was where you were saying that we all have to be open to learning and getting feedback on our own behavior and things that we didn't intend to do, but we did, or it was perceived by others. Like Stephen Covey has this great quote where he says that we judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their behaviors.
2: Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. So we're like, well, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to be, you know, fill in the blank, but that's how I made you feel. So I had to own that and I have to learn from that. And so Mm -hmm. how can we create an environment where people are willing to learn and listen and grow and that other, and the other party is willing to tell and share and, you know, speak their truth about how they feel.
2: And, and look, and I'm not saying this in that it's easy. It's easy for everyone. Oh yeah. Just, just speak up or just, you know, ask that question or what have you, but you also have to start somewhere. I know for me, you know, I don't like it. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I would go into certain classrooms and certain subjects were harder for me than others or, you know, project assignments, et cetera. It would drive me crazy when something had that much power over me. Right. And all I kept saying to myself was just, just go through it. So that way it never has power over you again, you know? So I'm okay with something for a quick moment, letting it have power over me and, you know, whether it be fear or anger or what have you, but guess what, I'm okay with it because I only let it happen one time.
0: When we come back, we'll hear about an incident that taught Tiffany how to own her own narrative.
1: Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you are. Visit qodpod.com. The QuadPod Podcast Network. That's qodpod.com. At Bridge Between, we believe that generosity is the future of leadership. That's why we coach corporate leaders on how to lead by generous example, creating workplaces where employees feel valued and invested where wins are celebrated and where teams feel engaged and connected. The secret ingredient is generosity. Generosity of time and attention and enthusiasm. Starting from the simplest act, such as walking the halls and greeting your team. This creates an environment of trust with employees who are excited to collaborate on your next project. This will keep the trains on time while you meet every KPI and inspire a company that people love working for. The new CEO doesn't have to choose between innovation and company culture. They encompass both. Are you ready to be remarkable? Visit bridgebetween.com and get started today.
0: And we're back with more from Tiffany Tavares. Can you think of a time where you were even mindful, like, I'm going to just go through this because it's going to make me stronger and it's not going to have power over me.
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, So I was working for a major foundation Uh and I was responsible for, you know, sorting everyone's materials together, you know, obtaining all the panelists. And these were very highly esteemed panelists that flew from all over the country you know, and I'm just the kind of the peon at the at the end of the table, just taking notes. That was my response. to so head down, I just took notes, and we came to um, two applications. These were organizations, entities looking for funding, and it was fascinating because you know, one organization was very very well known highly resourced, and they were serving the community, but it was one program out of a plethora of options of programs that they have, put it that Mm -hmm. way. So if it didn't get funded, their their constituency would still have access to their great programming. Mm -hmm. The other group was located um, in a very poor neighborhood, did not have many resources. If they did not get the funding for this program, they would have nothing for their constituency. I'm listening to the conversation back and forth. And I remember my supervisor at the time, um, you know, rebutted someone's comment about, you know, maybe we should, you know, support the, the group that's not super well funded. How about that? And she said, well, I guess, I, I guess we can consider that, you know, except, you know, that group, those kids in that, sco- you know, in the school, they don't, they don't get access to anything anyway. So if we don't, if we don't give them the funding, they don't know what not to miss. And then she said, you know what, on second thought, public school is not that bad, I guess. She went to public school and she turned out okay. Now, the conversation stopped and I'm just there and I'm writing and I was like, oh, I wonder why everyone stopped talking. And I look up and everyone around the table, it's about 22 people were all staring at me. All of a sudden I realized, oh, she was was talking about me.
0: Oh boy.
2: And that was the first and last time I ever felt guilt about what it is I did and did not have access to.
0: Mm. And
2: part of that is because I said, you know what, I need to figure out why I have this guilt because I just gave this woman power in front of a number of esteemed professionals. I gave her power to make me feel bad about something I had no control over. What on earth? And from that moment on, I, I owned my story. I owned my narrative, what it is I did and did not have access to. How is it? I was able to make the best of it. When is it that I just had no choice and I had to deal with it accordingly. And that is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. People situations great or good or terrible. It is what it is, whether it be because it was terrible, what, because you were privileged or whatever the situation is just own it. So yeah. that way you can never, ever leave room for anyone else to ever try to make you feel bad about that.
0: And I think that is about accepting yourself, loving yourself. I, I so appreciate you bringing up the focus on generosity to yourself mm-hmm. because that is the, it's like the gateway or it's like the starting place. Cause if you don't have that, how can you honestly and, and well intentionally give to other people?
2: Yeah. And actually, I could tell you one of the biggest practices of uh, being generous to to self was actually regular unplugging. And, you know, again, I know it's a challenge for a lot of people because especially if they have, you know, children that need to or, or, you know, other even high school, college students that need to be in front of a screen and need to help and watch them, you know. But as much as you can, again, control your own personal screen time, at least, you know, when you're not helping others, you just have to do it for yourself. You just have to do it. Yeah,
0: I agree because, you know, that, that question of like who ultimately is happiest or who wins, the givers or the takers. Um, And, you know, in Adam Grant's work around mm-hmm. give and take and how givers win, but they need to have boundaries, right? Like, As a giver, as a generous person, as like a person with a lot of energy and drive and intentionality, it's really helpful to hear you say... Mm -hmm. Yes, and yes, I Mm want to like give it all away. I want to like make people smile. I want to bring joy. And in order to do that in a sustainable way, I have to fill the well.
2: That's right. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I talked earlier about, you know, people that reach out to me, et cetera, you know, I always say, hey, look, before I help you, tell me how you've helped yourself. What work have you done so far to help you get, you know, to help you answer that question that you're asking me? most people will actually say that they haven't done anything and reaching out to me was the first thing. And once that happens, I'm like, then we're not ready to have a conversation yet. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And I'm not ready to help you yet because you haven't even done any work for yourself. Um, I, I want to nourish people. Right. But I also don't want to feed people who are not hungry. My leader, my manager now um, at, in my role um, at Wells Fargo is just one of the most remarkable incredible leaders, uh, friends, mentors, coaches I've ever met in my life. Um, And he he knows that. I also know that because I have met a plethora of people that have been exactly opposite of those things to me and to Mm -hmm. others in my career. You know, because sometimes I think knowing what you don't want to be like as a manager is just as important as how you would like to be as a manager, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. I know a lot of people who are always obsessed with power right, and getting to a place where they're at that table and everyone knows their name and, and, you know, and they want to even instill fear in people, et cetera. And look, Mm -hmm. if that's your goal, that's fine. But for me, the reason why I'm working, you know, um, so diligently, I think for myself, you know, my family, uh, my communities and and affinities that I represent and affinities that I advocate for is because I'm only working this much and this hard. Because I am trying to get to that table, but I'm also imagining all the chairs I'm going to bring up, right? I'm imagining all the seats I'm going to save. So that way I'm not doing this just for me. And so power without influence is like a tree falling in the woods. What's the point? Is anyone going to ever know that you got there? Yeah. Um, And if that's the case, then why work so hard if it's not for everybody?
0: Yeah. To think about yourself as a... a catalyst for growth or a, a person who is going to be like the hostess or, you know, like bringing more seats to the table. Absolutely. So that everybody can participate.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you have the, the, again, the luxury privilege and honor of having a stage where you get to make remarks, if you have the opportunity to have a moment like this talking to really great leaders and you have the, the peripheral mic and sometimes a literal mic um, you know, that's not an achievement. To me, the achievement is how you use that time when you're on the stage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in front of that microphone, um, you know, on that blog or on that post. Um, it, it's, it's what you're saying and how you're expanding people's minds and really changing their definition of value. Um, so that <laughs> way they can find it in, in more extensive places and people and things that they hadn't before. Because if yeah. you're not doing that, you're just like a monument there with no history.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so well said. And something great for us to be mindful of is how how are we using that influence? How are we, you know, if we have power or if we are in a place of privilege in whatever area in our lives? How are we using that for good and intentionally, you know, (laughs) making it a space for growth, not just for ourselves, for you know, making it better. So, if there was a piece of advice that you could give to everybody who's listening around generosity, around intentionality, all of that, you know, what, 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 could you offer everyone?
2: You know, this has been, um, you know, a year of a lot of trauma and a lot of pain um, and a lot of just hurt, both individual hurt um, systemic hurt mm-hmm. and, and just revalidation of, constant oppression for a lot of people but as much as trauma and pain can echo through so many generations so can love Mm. and you know true love doesn't happen without true justice so if you can think about how is it you want to extend love you also have to think about how is it you can extend justice yeah yeah
0: Excellent. Oh, my gosh, so well said. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for oh. sharing your gifts with us, for you know, being a mirror for us and you know, encouraging us to really be intentional, to be curious, to pour back into ourselves, to give ourselves a break and give ourselves some generosity.
2: Yeah, well, no, listen, I, I am grateful, as I'm sure many of your friends and colleagues and followers and listeners are for you. Um, because, you know, again, you can have a gift, but if you don't have a platform to share it, then I'm just a tree in the woods, girl, without you. That's my point. So this is a two-way street right here.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so grateful for you, Tiffany.
2: Oh, likewise. Thank you so much, my friend.
0: All right, we'll see you soon. ROG takeaway tip, how we can apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Tiffany shared so many nuggets of truth I'm going to have to listen to this one a few more times. Caring does not equal action and isn't enough. Oh, a life motto for me is give a damn. Noticing something's messed up and giving a damn are two different chapters in the same book. Tiffany helped me connect some dots here. She said, generosity is the action word of curiosity. Oh, that is juicy. Curiosity is the impetus to potential action, and intentionality is how we can make an impact. Let's break that down. Curiosity is the impetus to potential action. We first have to notice something isn't right, however small it may seem. We need to give enough of a damn to do something. Even though it's wise to assume positive intent, which means don't assume everything you perceive is negative or an attack, ignorance, or disrespect. When we assume positive intent, we become more curious. Like, what did she mean by that text? What was he trying to say? As Tiffany reminds us, good intentions are not enough. Intentionality is the action. What are you noticing at work that's messed up? Who isn't being treated nicely, fairly, respectfully? Pick one thing, then apply curiosity. Ask questions like, what are the factors associated with this problem? And try to separate the person from the problem. Often we jumble those together. Let's just say it's a conflict between two people. What is the problem, the offense, the indignation, the injustice? Who is involved? Who are the people involved? What are the factors influencing each of those people? And how might the person being treated disrespectfully feel? How can you help? How can you seek first to understand the situation and influence the individuals involved to try to find common ground? Here's an example of something significant. Pronunciation of names. I facilitated a six month leadership program. Conscious inclusion is a frame we put around every piece of it. During our first session, everyone introduces themselves. One participant said her name and a word that rhymes with her name. I wrote it down. Later in the session, someone said her name incorrectly. I interrupted the conversation, still learning myself and working on the enunciation. I offered a potential correction. She nodded and smiled. After the session, she wrote me an email thanking me for standing up for her. It was so seemingly insignificant, but not to her. It's her name. Einstein teaches us the important thing is to not stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. What issues have you noticed at work? How will you give a damn, act with intentionality, and be an ally by taking a stand for justice? Like Tiffany said, love can echo.
1: True love is true justice.